0: You're listening to the Secrets of Successful Business Podcast, your go-to source for business tips, tricks, and proven strategies that will help you create a streamlined and profitable business. We chat to the best minds in business about their journey. Don't overcomplicate things. How they started. It made me want to jump into those opportunities when maybe I would have hesitated before. What they learned along the way. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other and you'll get through everything. And of course, we'll ask them for their secret sauce for creating a successful business. Taking control of your own damn life. Design the life you love. Join us as we take a sneak peek behind the curtain talk solutions for those business pain points, working smarter, not harder, mindset, and the challenges of fitting it all in with the demands of today's busy lifestyle. If you're a business owner, side hustler, or just starting your business journey, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, business coach, and content creator, Justine McLean from Flossy Creative. Hi,
1: and welcome to the podcast well, it's that time of year again. Most business owners despise it. Retailers love it because it's a great excuse for a sale. And business finance professionals like me really can't wait for it to be over. It's just so busy. Of course, I'm talking about the end of the financial year here in Australia. But if you're listening internationally, there'll be a similar financial year endpoint for you. So some of these tips might apply. Today is a solo episode where I'm going to share some tips and tricks to not only make this end of financial year less of a burden, but I'm also going to share the most significant thing you can do to help elevate your business ready for the new financial year. There's no need to take notes for this one. I've put together a handy download that covers everything I'm going to share today, and you can find that in the show notes or go to my website, flossy.com.au. That's flossi.com.au and it's on the homepage ready to go. Also, please keep in mind that the advice in today's podcast is general in nature and I always recommend discussing any financial changes you want to make in your business with your tax advisor before going ahead. Now, let's be honest for a minute. The financial side of business is one that most business owners dislike. If you don't have sound financial systems already in place, there's lots of paperwork to get together, and that alone can stretch a business owner to the limit. Business finance is often complicated, and there's a lot of compliance involved. And compared to the other aspects of running a business, it's just not that sexy. So for that reason, it tends to be one of the most neglected parts of small business. Business owners often hit the panic button when they know the end of financial year is approaching and it's definitely the time when savvy business owners start to think about their finances and want to get them in order. And for that reason, June is one of my favourite months on the business calendar. June also provides the perfect opportunity for business owners to start thinking about what they want for their business from the new financial year. Not only is it the best time to review your financial systems or introduce new ones, but it's also the best time to set out where you want your business to be financially in the next 12 months and to start to plan for that. As business owners, the one thing we all need is more time and less overwhelm. So my first tip is all around being better organized, particularly where your business finances are concerned. This is the one thing that I guarantee will make the end of the financial year a breeze. Now, in my opinion, the best way to get better financial organisation is to opt into a cloud accounting system. There are so many different options on the market, but after more than 20 years in business and using lots of different systems, my favourite by far is Xero. I should say this isn't sponsored and I don't get paid by Xero. I just find it's the best cloud accounting system for non-accountants and for those business owners who really don't like to do numbers. It's simple and it will save you time and money. For anyone listening who doesn't use cloud accounting or isn't sure what it is, let me briefly explain how it works. Most cloud accounting systems are designed to connect to your business bank accounts. They pull in all of your transactional data for reconciliation, so every business transaction effectively sits in one place. They're pretty much all the same and they can do lots of different things. For example, you can create invoices and scan and store your receipts so all of your business expenses are in one place. Some systems will have integrations with e-commerce websites and can also pull sales data directly into their portal. You can generate reports for GST and tax compliance and also invite your bookkeeper, BAS agent and accountant to finalise all of your compliance in one place. It's really convenient. There's no more sending envelopes full of receipts or preparing emails with lots of scanned attachments for processing. It can all be done really quickly and easily online. Now, the biggest objection I hear about introducing this sort of financial system into a business, well, there are two really. One is cost and the other is the ability to reconcile the system and make it work for you and your business. The chart accounting systems that do all the things that I mentioned here generally cost around $52 a month, give or take, for most small businesses. Now, of course, it'll depend on the sort of business you've got and exactly what you need, but do some research and see what works best for you. There's usually enter financial year specials for anyone interested in getting started. And of course, the cost of the subscription is a tax deduction. For a lot of people, though, that cost will still be an objection. And if that's you, I just want you to stop and consider for a moment how long it would take you to pull together everything you need to give to your tax professionals so they can complete your tax return. Now, even if that's an hour, that's an hour of your time you aren't getting paid for, one way you could be doing something that might be earning your business some money, and also your time in this situation isn't a tax deduction. Then, of course, there's the whole reconciliation thing and making the system work for you. Well, I've got two solutions here. You can either hire a bookkeeper or Baz agent, which is another tax deduction, to help sort that out for you. Or you can work with someone like me that will educate you on exactly how it all works. If you decide to go down the cloud accounting route, I'd suggest hiring a pro to set it up and ask them to give you an hour of their time Educating you on how the system works. Once it's up and running, it's a simple financial system to maintain. And with the click of a button or two, you'll have complete visibility over your finances. Now, regardless of whether you have an online system or not, the end of financial year means ensuring that all your records are up to date. For example, you'll need to have receipts for your sales and purchases, ensure that your payroll is up to date if you have staff, and that it's completed for the end of financial year. You'll also have to access all of your compliance paperwork and hand that over to your accountant. Okay, on to tip two. It's all about managing your deductions. As business owners, we all want to minimise the tax we have to pay. And one way to do that is to ensure that we're claiming the correct deductions in our business, not just at the end of the financial year, but all year round. Claiming everything you're entitled to in your business will, of course, depend on the sort of business that you have. I need to reiterate here that this advice is general in nature and that you should talk to your tax professional about anything you're going to claim to ensure it works for your business and you're allowed to claim it. Some of the things you might want to consider are as follows. The cost of goods sold. So these are costs that are directly related to producing the products or services that you're selling. Some examples of this might be raw materials, shipping costs, direct labour costs, or the wholesale price of the product that's for sale. You can claim motor vehicle expenses, your subscriptions, advertising and marketing costs, equipment hire expenses, travel costs, travel and working meals, work from home expenses, utilities like your lighting and your heating, telephone and internet expenses, And if you're a creative and need to appear on film or in advertising, you may be able to claim a portion of your grooming costs, your wardrobe and your makeup. If you're on the road for any reason and you're using an SPF in your skincare, ask about claiming the cost of that as well. And again, if you travel for work and you need to buy a bag that fits your computer into it, it's a possible tax deduction. I should add here that this is an excellent time to review all of your expenses, get rid of the things that you no longer need or use, and get quotes on items you'll continue to use in your business, like utilities and subscriptions. You'll be surprised by the savings that you can make when you review these costs. Now on to tip three. If you can, your cash flow allows it, and it's practical, consider taking advantage of the government's instant asset write-off scheme. This scheme allows small business owners to purchase new office equipment, manufacturing equipment, computers, phones, and so on, up to $150,000 in value. Now, there are rules around this, and of course, there's no point spending money just for the sake of it. The scheme may not be one that your business should take advantage of, but definitely discuss this with your accountant as soon as possible, because all purchases need to be made pre-30 June. My next tip is all about prepaying some of your expenses. Certain expenses such as rent, insurance, utilities and professional subscriptions can be prepaid in advance for 12 months or less. You'd only consider doing this if your business was in a profitable situation and your cash flow could handle it. But if this is something that you're interested in, search the ATO website for deductions for prepaid expenses and you'll get lots more information there. Another option might be bringing forward any expenses that you will incur in July and August and paying those pre-30 June. If your business needs a cash flow injection, then this next tip is for you. Start chasing up those recalcitrant payers and try and get those invoices paid pre-30 June. It's also time to identify bad debts, so they're the people that are never going to pay you, and prepare a list of them so that your accountant or bookkeeper can write them off for you. On the flip side, if you're showing a huge profit and your cash flow can handle it, you might like to delay any further invoicing until you reach 1 July. My next tip, tip number six, is for product-based businesses. I'd highly recommend you do a stock take for 30 June. Now, I know firsthand what a huge undertaking this is because I used to have retail stores and it's not all that attractive. But on the plus side, what it could turn up for you is out-of-date stock damaged stock or stock that's gone missing and your accountant can write off the value of that stock and that's going to be a tax benefit for you. If you don't already have an asset register, tip seven is all about preparing a list of assets that your business owns. You'll need to note the purchase date and value of each of the items on your asset register and this will allow your accountant to depreciate any items that have not previously been included in your return. If you've already got an asset register, now's a great time to have a look at that, make a note of the items that are no longer in your possession, and add the new ones to the list. Okay, on to tip eight, and I'm talking superannuation. Now's the time to ensure that your super obligations are paid up to date, not only for your staff, but for yourself as well. For super contributions to count as a tax deduction this financial year, they must be received by your super fund by 30 June. Now, in my experience, there are always processing delays with super funds. So I would recommend sending any super contributions you want to count for this financial year off to your super fund by mid-June if you're in a cash position and you're able to, you can also pay yourself up to an additional $25,000 in super contributions this financial year. Okay, we're on the home stretch and tip nine is to be aware of any COVID-19 or other business grants that might apply to your business. Check out the websites of your local state or federal government to see if there are any grants that might apply to your business and also any that might be closing on the 30th of June. The end of the financial year is also a great time to reassess your gross income. So my next tip is all around GST registration. If you're already registered for GST, this isn't going to apply to you. But if you're not registered for GST and your income now exceeds $75,000, you'll have 21 days to register. You can do this yourself through your MyGov account or ask your bookkeeper, BAS agent or accountant to do it for you. Along with this tip, it's also an excellent time for all businesses, not just those who are registered for GST, to set aside money regularly for your compliance. Personally, I like to use an online no-fee account that's attached to my business account and I regularly deposit money to ensure that my GST and tax obligations are covered. The tax obligations you need to think about are GST, your PAYG, and if you're a company company tax. You can spend some time calculating how much you should deposit, or you can just deposit a nominal amount each week or each month to regularly boost up that tax account. As an example, in my business, when a client pays me, I deduct the GST component of that payment, and I immediately transfer it over to my compliance account. And then at the end of each month, I have a look at my overall business position and I transfer a small amount for tax. How you do this is up to you, but I'd suggest it's a good one to get started with. Okay, this is my second last tip for the end of financial year, and it's an important one. No matter what stage of business you're at or what sort of year you've had, this is a great time to make a donation to a registered charity. Just pick your favourite. There are so many organisations that are in desperate need of financial help. It'll make you feel great. And of course, it's a tax deduction. So once you're ready to roll for the end of financial year, my last tip is to be aware of all the important compliance dates. If you employ staff, you have to have their payment summaries prepared and lodged with the ATO by the 14th of July. This is so your employees can access those statements and do their own tax. You'll need to submit a payment summary for your staff, even if it's nil. As a guide, sole traders and partnerships who are preparing their tax returns themselves should lodge by the 31st of October and companies and trusts by the 28th of February. However, there are concessions in place that allow extensions up to the 15th of May for certain entities and, of course, if you're lodging via an accountant. You'll also want to check your workers' comp this time, make sure it's up to date and lodge your actual wages. And it's a good time of year to review your other insurances as well. Now that you're into financial year ready, it's time to look to the new financial year and set some goals. They say that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So think about what you want to achieve in your business in the new financial year, write it down and start to plan around those goals. If it feels really overwhelming to write down what you want to achieve in 12 months time, I get it. I always like to work in 90 day sprints. So think about what you want to achieve in 90 days time, write down your three biggest plans and get started on those. I've got a great download on my website in the freebie section for anyone who's interested in goal setting. So I'd highly recommend that you race on over and download it. So at the start of the podcast, I promised you the one thing that will make a huge difference to your business in the new financial year. And it's a really simple one. It's all around pricing and now is the time to review your pricing. As you've been getting ready for tax time, you'll get a handle on what it costs to run your business and an understanding of whether or not your business is sustainable based on your current pricing. If your current pricing is working for you, fantastic. But if it's not or if your business plans require more capital, then now is the time to seriously sit down, Pull apart all of your service offers and your product prices and make sure that you've got your pricing right. If you need more information around pricing, you can head back to my very first solo episode on pricing and have a lesson. So that's it, end of financial year sorted. I hope I've helped you with some tips that will have you heading into the end of financial year and the new financial year feeling in control and better organized. Of course, if you need help with your business, pricing, end of financial year, or another pesky business pain point, please reach out to me at flossy.com.au or email me at hello at flossy.com.au. Thanks for listening.
0: Good luck with your
1: interfinancial financial year, and I'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Secrets of Successful Business Podcast. For more information on all things business, head to flossy.com.au and make sure you hit subscribe on the show so you don't miss another new episode. If you're enjoying the show, please give it a quick rating or review. Share it on your socials or with friends who might enjoy it. Catch you next time.